Hey, 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 welcome to a very special crossover episode of Badly Branded and the Deconstructing Bush podcast. I'm your host, Beola Marie, and today I'm going to offer you a little bit of insight into who I am, what I love, why I love those things, and why I do what I do. Um, This episode is also going to be turned into a blog post on my blog, which is located at abshuck.blog. You can also navigate there from abshuck.com. But anyway, today we're going to talk about music as medicine. And uh, I invite you to listen in to learn more about how music and writing have helped me cope with everything from childhood illness to facial paralysis, brain surgery, joint replacements, broken dreams, grief, and more. I will also talk a little bit at the end about my upcoming birthday fundraiser. It's an ongoing fundraiser for the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, which benefits sick and disabled musicians. Um, Before I continue on, I will note I'm here at home with my three dogs, my fish, and my parrot, who is chirping away in the background. So apparently Pancake wants to say hello. Um, So if you hear him or my dogs, I apologize. The fish should probably be quiet. Um, Anyway, here's my story. So I basically came out of the womb being obsessed with music, fashion, pop culture, and movies. Also, karaoke. One of my toxic traits is doing karaoke almost anytime there's an opportunity, despite not being any good whatsoever. (laughs) Um, In the early 90s, I was enamored by Michael Jackson and Paula Abdul. My first concert was Paula, and my first cassette single that I ever bought was her song, Rush Rush. And I used to dress up and perform like Michael Jackson for my poor, unwitting family who had to sit through that. Um, But despite that, and despite playing saxophone and growing up in a household that listened to a lot of country music and some pop, I was also myself really into alternative rock, hard rock, and grunge music. Um, One of the first albums I ever got on CD was 16 Stone by the band Bush. I remember excitedly taking it to my cousin Jackie's house on Christmas Day where we hold up in her room and listen to it on repeat. And then she later reminded me that I would actually record videos from MTV and pause them at the perfect time so that I could kiss Gavin Rossdale through the TV screen. So embarrassing, but Yeah, that tracks. Anyway, Bush was my favorite band, and they still are. Um, In fact, despite me having just seen them here in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, my husband bought me a ticket to go visit my cousin Jackie in North Carolina for my birthday next month and to see Bush together um, in person for their Raleigh show. So talk about full circle. Um, At any rate, I've been to over 100 concerts, and it never gets old, ever. I know that for some, that may seem strange or obsessive or childish or like a waste of money, but I want to offer some insight as to why it's so meaningful to me personally. So when I was in elementary school, I was diagnosed with a musculoskeletal autoimmune condition called juvenile idiopathic arthritis that later turned into adult rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I was forced to eventually give up sports and that was tough because I played softball and I loved it. Like I ate, bra- ate, breathed, slept softball, all things softball all the time. Absolutely loved it. And it's bittersweet for me to say that I was pretty damn good at it too, you know. Um, <clears throat> I also played basketball and was a cheerleader and I was always outside 
doing something active, whether it was riding a bike, walking in the woods, doing gymnastics in my front yard, trying to skateboard or snowboard. Um, but because of my condition, I was advised to sort of quit sports and, and take it easy. So um, take it easy, I did. And when that happened, I started to kind of cope with the feelings that came along with a chronic and painful illness by turning to writing and music. Those two things and fashion kind of helped me discover who I was and especially who I was outside of this medical condition. So I became very focused on creative outlets, you know, music, designing clothes, entering screenwriting contests, doing drama club and theater arts, and more. I devoured MTV's TRL every day, and I even applied to be an MTV VJ and did embarrassing things like enter Britney Spears lookalike contests and all of that. I did win second place, though, as a side note. <laughs> um, I really at that point, thought that my career path was going to be some kind of writing-related endeavor or something like that in the entertainment industry. Like, I couldn't picture it any other way, you know? I was specifically interested in music, definitely not as a performer myself, but something behind the scenes, like maybe managing a band or doing concert reviews, writing for Rolling Stone, working for MTV or being, you know, a publicist or even a lyricist, something, you know, anything. I wanted music or showbiz to be a part of my everyday life on a professional level and not just as a fan. So I started off college in marketing and then I switched over to become an English major with a music business minor. And my favorite class was called The History of Rock and Roll. I loved it. Um, <clears throat> in my free time, I wrote song lyrics. Um, I wrote for the entertainment section of the college newspaper. I wrote poetry for a literary journal. I was on the Campus Fest concert committee. I was on the entertainment committee for the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life. I wrote a Sex in the City style op-ed column. Um, and I took random road trips with my friends, like going to New York City to hang out side of the MTV studios or jaunting off to Cleveland for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But however, as my luck would have it, before I could finish college, which I did eventually do, um, I was unfortunately stricken by another medical condition. I woke up one day with the left side of my face paralyzed. My face was lopsided, couldn't move at the left side. Yeah, it was paralyzed. So um, that was scary. And I had to take a temporary medical withdrawal from school. So yeah, it was scary to say the least. Did a number on my self-esteem. Plus I was just really tired. I was sick. I had to get these medical tests done all the time. This went on for months and the medical leave from school was difficult. I mean, it all just sucked all around. Um, the condition called Bell's palsy, did eventually improve and my face went back to being fairly symmetrical. Um, but by the time I was able to go back to college, guess what? The university had done away with the music business program. Womp womp. Cue the sad trombone. That minor was essentially why I attended that school in the first place and I was very upset. Between that and my illness, I felt like I was losing a piece of my identity. So I transferred closer to home and focused on English writing and literature 
communications and psychology. In addition to working part-time and doing spokesmodel and promo work, I also got an awesome internship at a radio station, which was so very much up my alley. And it was an opportunity for which I'll be forever grateful. I worked as an on-air intern with DJ Bonix, who is now Wiz Khalifa's DJ. Um, This was at 96.1 KISS FM, which at the time was a clear channel station and now is iHeartRadio. It's, you know, like top 40, mostly pop, that kind of thing. It was a lot of fun, but very challenging because, because, um, you know, medically speaking, I still wasn't exactly what you would call great. (laughs) Um, I sometimes had to miss shifts at the radio station, which no one ever understood because I looked fine and sometimes was able to go out to dance clubs and frat parties and, you know, behave like your average college student. But I was finding it to be increasingly hard to be out and about so often at nightclubs, you know, after the on-air shift, doing promotional duties, hosting, recording commercials, and all of that. Yet, you know, at the same time, it was super cool because I got to learn about the industry, go to concerts, interview celebrities and musicians, and go on their tour buses and all of that. And I loved being on the radio. But sadly, you know, I was just realizing that due to my medical issues, maybe the constant late nights and fast-paced lifestyle of the music industry just wasn't for me, at least not during that season of my life. And while I was navigating this uncertain and transitional time, I really dove into my fiction writing and my blogging, and it was during this time that I met my husband, Mike. Um, Thank goodness that I did, because he is, you know, my best friend. He's been one of the biggest blessings to me in life, and I couldn't be more grateful to have found him. Like, we're perfect for one another. He's so supportive and encouraging. And, you know, I just love him dearly. So I remind myself that maybe had I pursued my entertainment industry career dreams, I might not have ended up with him. So I do take solace in that, you know, that things worked out just how they were meant to. But it's nonetheless still kind of sad sometimes that those aspirations had to take a back seat because of my health. And, you know, things didn't really get much better in that area. I was freelance writing and working full-time as a school secretary while figuring out what my next steps would be professionally. During that time, I began to get chronic migraines and was diagnosed with another autoimmune condition called celiac disease. Now, celiac is a genetic autoimmune condition that can become quite serious, um, You know, it's more than just being gluten-free. The inability to absorb gluten proteins can actually cause literal malnutrition, uh, among other complications. So by that time, I'd all but abandoned my dreams of working in the industry. But I decided to kind of reignite my passions at least somewhat and started a blog called Glitzberg, which focused on music, celebrities, fashion, and the local movie industry. I also wrote for a fashion and pop culture magazine called Maniac. And so through my work with Maniac Magazine and Glitzberg, I got to sort of fulfill that desire and fill that cup of attending concerts, interviewing artists, visiting movie sets, going to fashion shows, doing photo shoots, and more. I was really into all of it, but then 2011 rolled around, and guess what? I find out I need freaking brain surgery. I kid you not brain surgery. 
I had a congenital condition called Chiari malformation and needed what was essentially a combined brain and neck surgery called a duraplasty and a laminectomy. Um, uh, and so about four and a half months before my wedding, um, I had this, this surgery, this brain surgery for Chiari. And it was pretty wild trying to recover from that and have my hair grow back and all of that kind of stuff before getting married on the beach just months later. But the piece here that's kind of related to this musical thread throughout my life is that I had tickets to see Lady Gaga around the time of this new diagnosis, and I was so excited. But naturally, because it was a brain surgery and all, I ended up not being able to go to the concert. However, that April, I got a call that I was invited to be in the audience for one of Oprah Winfrey's last ever shows. Yes, Oprah. Um, I had watched Oprah since I was in high school, so I was flabbergasted that I was able to, you know, go to Harpo Studios in Chicago with my mom that April. So when we got there, there were all kinds of cool guests and fun segments. I mean, we literally even went to the movies with actor Johnny Depp, but that's another story for another day. But one of the cooler things, to me at least, was this. We were about third row in Oprah's studio audience when they rolled out this ornate stiletto-shaped piano. Yeah, it was a piano shaped like a high heel. And once I saw that, I just knew in my gut that I was going to see Lady Gaga for the first time live after all. So she comes out. She did a couple of songs, one of which was Born This Way. Now, given my medical conditions, that song Born This Way had become somewhat of an anthem for me. She says a line Uh, in that song about whether life's disabilities leave you outcast, bullied, or teased. And yeah, I did face some isolation, loneliness, bullying, trolling, all of that because of my medical conditions, which are hard for people to believe or understand, especially due to their unpredictable and invisible nature. So getting to see Lady Gaga perform Born This Way live with my mom just three rows away only a couple months after recovering from brain surgery and in the Oprah audience of all places for one of her last shows ever, that was just an experience I'll never, ever forget. So despite my illnesses, you know, I do still have cool moments like that and others throughout my life now and then, nonetheless. And despite many accolades and what others may see as some cool accomplishments, There have been so many times that either my pain or joint issues or immune system problems would kind of ruin or change things for me. Some of those things have been more serious. For example, it's all impacted my career path, family planning choices, and so on. And, you know, uh, just on a day-to-day, it impacts a lot, right? But some of the things illness has screwed up for me have been more shallow or frivolous things like having to miss the Rolling Stones and Harry Styles concerts and the Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast last year, all because of surgery side effects after a thumb joint replacement and a tonsillectomy. Yeah, they do thumb joint replacements, believe it or not. And I know those things are kind of like silly, um, but it's still disappointment nonetheless. And all of those little disappointments do add up. And the reason I say all of this is this. I know that my excessive level of interest in all of this, you know, music, concerts, celebrities, all of that is not what some would consider to be normal, right? Like I get that. I have that level of self-awareness. But normal or not, I nonetheless will continue to try to go to as many concerts as I can. 
see, I try to enjoy as many experiences in life as possible because I know that there will be those times of disappointment that I won't be able to do the things that I want to do, that I won't be able to do the things I love. And I know as a realist that as I get older, it might be even harder for me to do and enjoy those things in the same way, especially given the fact that I still have the migraines, I still have the celiac, and I still have the RA that has wreaked havoc on all of my joints and isn't going to go away unless they come up with a cure. Music has been the through line and the soundtrack to my life. For me, it's also just about clinging to what speaks to your soul despite any hardships you're facing. When you're constantly sidelined or having to pivot or having to take or create a detour for yourself because of your own body behaving in a way that's outside of your control, you look for the things you can control. You find moments of joy and happiness when and where you can. For me, that's nature, animals, fashion, travel, kayaking, bird watching, writing, movies, music, and yes, going to shows and concerts. And, you know, any little thing that I can find or do that allows me to enjoy life more fully or more joyfully, I'm ready to grasp onto it. It's not me being obsessive or spoiled or a groupie or whatever. It's literally because I have such a love and respect for music and for art and for people that create. And I just, I love all of it. And more than that, it's because there's no other place or time that I feel more like myself than at a live concert. When I'm taking in live music in that environment, you know, those those special moments, counting down, waiting for the artist or the band to take the stage, that electric feeling or the feeling when there's a slower song and thousands of people are singing together, united as one, I mean... Man, those moments in life are what I chase. You know, that's one of the things that brings me joy. It's what gives me that spark of inspiration. Those moments are literally when I feel the most like myself. That feeling fills my cup and I want to keep chasing that. And I don't need think that I need to defend that because it's what music and art is for, in my opinion. It's for people to enjoy. It's for people to find inspiration from. It's for people to come together. I think that's the purpose, right? Yet my birthday's next month um, and I'm at this age where my passion for all of that feels a little age inappropriate, right? Like it feels like it's almost frowned upon to constantly go to concerts and all of that stuff. It seems frivolous and it seems silly or weird to a lot of people. I know that. I know that it seems weird, but honestly, like says who? Who gets the right to say that that's weird or whatever, you know? My husband and I, we don't have kids. We have three dogs. We have a parrot. We have a little fish. We don't have human children. So we spend money on traveling. He spends money on races and competitions and sports-related things. I spend money on going to concerts, right? And I need all of that silly stuff. You know, the concerts, the magazines, the podcasts, the videos I take from from shows, you know, the the music blaring from my Alexa, the piano in my living room, the Queen songs on repeat. I need all of that because it fills me up for the days when I'm not doing so hot. I need it for the days where maybe my mental health isn't great or my physical health is suffering or I'm laying in my couch 
crying in extreme pain or I have a migraine so bad that I am nauseous and I can barely see. I also need it for the days where I'm mourning my dreams. Those are the grief-filled days that I scroll through and look at those past concert pictures or watch videos I took from the show where I just listen to my favorite artists on repeat or watch a music documentary or whatever, you know? On those days, all of it feels rather necessary, you know? I think music is more than a boost of serotonin or dopamine. It's more than a hobby or an interest. It's more than background noise. Music is survival. Concerts, fashion, music, art, these are the things that some of us cling to when we're having a rough go of it. It can be really disheartening to be sick or in pain and scary to think about the future and know that some of your medical problems could likely get worse. It's a very discouraging notion, so having things to look forward to can feel super important. And those things don't even have to cost money or be anything big, just something, anything to look forward to. And, you know, you only live once, so go to the concert if you can, even if you have to go alone. I recognize, too, that while a lot of these cool opportunities came to me because I worked hard and hustled to make it happen, that there's also a definite level of privilege here. I do know that, and I want to take a minute to pause and recognize that. I'm deeply, endlessly thankful and grateful and blessed and feel very lucky that so far I've been able to partake in all of these wonderful experiences because, honestly, as silly as it seems to some, I would feel pretty lost and broken without all of it. I mean, even when I don't feel well or I have those lost and broken moments occurring in real time, going to a concert is still actually worth it to me, as crazy as that sounds, because sometimes I just try to push through. You know, sometimes I think I can be hurting and feeling like crap at home on my couch, or I could be hurting and feeling like crap taking in a once in a lifetime show. So if I'm at all able, and you know, sometimes I'm not able to do so, but if I am, I'm going to push through and do the latter. I'm going to take in the once in a lifetime show instead of my couch. Um, and again, I know that that's not a choice everyone has, and I don't always have that choice myself, but when I do have that option, that's the option I'm taking. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I mean, I try not to let it deter me too much. Um, I'm even the... (laughs) the person with poor judgment who went to a Beyonce concert with a migraine, but that's also a story for another day. Um, I just think sometimes when you're having a bad day or a, a rough week or whatever that, that music or live performances or whatever can sometimes help you pull through it. Um, for example, I once saw Ed Sheeran with my best friend, Kristen a day or two after my grandmother Eileen died which happened to also be a day or two before my knee replacement surgery that I got at like around, I don't know, age 33-ish. And that concert with my friend, despite my bereavement, despite my upcoming knee replacement, that concert lifted me. It was a moment of respite from a very sad and stressful time. You know, looking around the sold-out arena during one of Ed Sheeran's always emotional songs and seeing all the phones lighting up the space like stars in a night sky with everyone singing in harmony. It was just utterly beautiful. And I felt my grandma, who I called Nana, I felt Nana with me, you know, 
And I'll be honest, I debated even going to that concert in the first place, given everything that was going on. But despite being in a period of mourning and and stress and worry and sadness, it ended up being somewhat healing, at least for that moment in time. And that was with my one grandma, Nana, aka Eileen, that was with her passing. My other grandma, Joan, um, lived in Las Vegas. And in 2020, I was able to actually say goodbye to her before she passed away, in a sense, also because of music. Because one of the reasons I traveled to Vegas that time around was to see a Bush concert at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay. Um, And it was right around the start of the pandemic before everything shut down. But there were still murmurs about this, you know, virus going around or whatever. And so, you know, I don't know that had the concert not been going on that I I would have risked the travel. And like, because everything shut down shortly thereafter, I wouldn't have been able to make it out there to see her, you know, and say our goodbyes. And so I'm so thankful and grateful that I got to do that. It was a really important moment for me. And I'm so happy I got to spend that time with her. Um, And it seems silly to credit a concert for that. But again, just given the timing and the circumstances and the state of the world, I don't know that if I didn't have those, that concert ticket that I paid for, if I would have been going out there, you know? And so it was very serendipitous, um, a lovely piece of kismet that I'm always going to be thankful for. So that being said, you know, it's like music matters. It can bring you to where you're meant to be, or it can bring you through difficult situations. And, you know, again, it's about clinging to that joy. And who are we to judge anyone's joy, right? Especially if for some that joy is occasionally hard to come by. I, for one, just want to soak it up, you know, not just while I'm still physically able to, but also it's like, who knows when the last time you'll get to see any given artist or band perform live for whatever reason, you know? So take advantage of it when you can, you know? I think too that being at a concert can really inspire or uplift on a creative or artistic level as well. You know, for me, just going to several live shows recently left me so much more creatively ignited. Um, I hadn't been writing or creating for a while. I was kind of stuck and stagnant because you know, my full-time job, I love it, but it's in people management for a health tech company. And my part-time job is for a medical app. Um, So both fantastic, both wonderful, both important work, you know, in the health tech space. Um, And I love and enjoy both of these jobs and I'm grateful for both of them, but they're just not engaging that part of my brain that like seeks out music and imagination and creativity and beauty. Um, and so I was just a little stuck. Um, and you know, I've had two fiction books in progress for a while, but you know, until recently I was just stalled, you know, um, and I've been stuck for a while. I mean, I have three published books and I wrote another fiction novel and started on another and been in this space of like trying to edit the one and write the other. And I just stalled out. I just wasn't feeling the motivation or inspiration. But during these last couple of weeks, the inspiration and creativity was refreshed and reignited for me simply by being at some live shows, a comedy show, um, you know, some other, it took in some great movies and then just being at several live concerts. Um, 
that lit a spark for me, you know? So there's something to be said for the contagious energy and inspiration that comes from and goes on at a concert or from meeting with or being surrounded by other like-minded creative folks who are as passionate as you are. Music does heal and it does bring people together. For me, it's attached to some of my very best memories and it's helped me to get through some difficult times. So, you know, Maybe I wasn't able to go on the professional career path that I wanted to in the industry, but me taking in live shows, buying albums, writing my own song lyrics, collecting um, music, merch, or memorabilia, hosting these entertainment and music podcasts, posting about my favorite bands and artists on social media, you know, blasting Aerosmith and Britney and Gaga and Lizzo and Bush and Metallica and Kings of Leon and all of them while I do my chores you know, that's me staying connected to the industry and to music in my own little way. Me going to concerts is me focusing on what I can do instead of dwelling on what I cannot. It's enjoying life despite the things that illness has taken, you know, and it's turning those proverbial lemons into lemonade. And in some ways it's living vicariously through others. Illness can take things from you for sure, but you don't have to let it destroy you. Sometimes it's a matter of just shifting perspective and of finding new ways to adapt and adjust and navigate how to best incorporate things into your life that make you happy. So that's what I've been trying to do. And that is what music has meant to me. If you want to check out anything that I've been working on, uh, you can read my poems on Instagram at abshuck underscore writes or view my main Instagram at ash underscore ambshuck, also on Insta at Deconstructing Bush and Badly Branded Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and check out my link tree. Before I go, I want to add, for my birthday this year, instead of doing my usual fundraiser for the Sea Turtle Conservancy, I'm hosting a fundraiser and gifting my own donation to the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, which helps career musicians who are experiencing illness, disability, or age-related problems. This charity was important to me because of my passions for health and music. So you can donate um, through my Facebook, Instagram, or Linktree. And I'll also add that any eventual proceeds I might make from my Deconstructing Bush podcast specifically will also be donated to Sweet Relief. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate your time, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time.